On today's show, Houston Rockets Media Day reaction and key takeaways. The veterans already having an impact on this young Houston Rockets core, plus a jersey leak of the new City Edition uniforms and training camp expectations. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Caleb Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. We had an eventful Houston Rockets media day. This was, uh, this has been kind of the first season in a long time with this air of cautious optimism and hope and, and really a lot of excitement kind of going into media day. And media day is always a ton of fun because it's got like like first day of school vibes where everybody's, you know, excited and it, it's just a it's a great environment to be able to be a part of. And this media day for for this iteration of the Houston Rockets felt so different than the last couple of years, right? Last couple of years it was like, oh yeah, we're excited and we're gonna be, you know, young and fun and 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 you know, we want to develop in this. Whereas I think the common underlying theme and the way that I want to try to do today's episode is I'm just gonna navigate and we're just gonna go in sequential order of who spoke at Media Day. So I'll, you know, I'll share thoughts on Rafael and Ime first, then Fred, and we'll just kind of go in that order uh, with key takeaways and thoughts from those guys. And, and then we'll uh, get to the end of the show just discussing the Houston Rockets City Edition jersey leak, courtesy of Fred Honcho, the man himself. And also just training camp expectations, right? What we can look forward to seeing out of these four days uh, of training camp action for your Houston Rockets. So I think if I had to kind of summarize how Media Day felt, it felt like there was a level of maturity across the board that wasn't present last year or or the year prior, right? It felt like this team in a very short amount of time has done a lot of growing up. And you get into some of the comments that were made um, by Jalen Green, by Jabari, by Fred, by Jeff Green, the young guys and the veterans alike. The, the constant theme is, this team is tired of losing. Like they don't want to 
be labeled losers anymore, right? They want to go and change the narrative about this team. They want to get this team back to playing meaningful basketball. They are hungry. That was that was a word that was used a lot. It was used by Jabari. It was used by Jay Sean Tate. This is a team that is hungry. It was, it was used by Jeff Green. This is a team that's hungry to achieve this season. So I think that very much that 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 feeling was almost universal across the board for every player that spoke. You could see there was a drive and a level of desire um, that just didn't really feel like it was there the last couple seasons. Because I think it's really tough when you're in a situation, in a rebuild, whatever, and you know that you're going to be a bad team going in. Like, you can kind of fake the excitement and this, that. This team knows that they have expectations, right? Things have changed. Um, and that's uh, that, that was kind of one of Ime's big driving home points uh, was talking about accountability and expectations and how things are going to be different. So we'll get into uh, a little bit more specifics here, but just, you know, big takeaway. It really felt like this team did a lot of growing up in a very, very short amount of time. And I want to give credit to the veterans that they brought in because they're already having a monumental impact on this team. Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green, Jock Landale, um, all these guys, right? The 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 way that they carried themselves at media day, and you can already kind of see having those adults in the room is already rubbing off on the young guys. Uh, love it, honestly. It was it was you can't you can't necessarily win media day, but you can definitely lose media day if you say the wrong stuff or if you come away with the wrong vibe, whatever. The Rockets did not lose media day. I think, I mean, I, I feel like they crushed it, honestly. Um, almost, almost seemingly across the board. I will say, uh, when Rafael and Ime spoke together to start things off, uh, one of the things that we did learn, uh, one of the major takeaways from media day is that Kevin Porter Jr. is, he is, no longer confirmed, you know, going to be a part of this basketball team. The Rockets have basically erased him from existence, quite literally, because outside Toyota Center, you have like the electrical boxes that have like the 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 murals, the 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 artwork, whatever. Um, the one that had Kevin Porter Jr. on the box is just painted over completely just black like they just erased him. He's been erased from all their Twitter and IG posts. Uh, he is not on the official training camp roster of players, even though he's technically still on the roster. Uh, now, Rafael did issue a statement that the NBA is still, you know, conducting its investigation. Their hands are kind of tied. Um, but that he did reach out to Kevin Porter Jr.'s representatives and that he informed them that he would not be a part of the Houston Rockets, that he would not be with the team uh, this season, training camp, media day, that he was just, not to be around, and then there were, and KPJ's representatives understood. So we did get formal confirmation on Kevin Porter Jr., even though we all kind of knew that, that was where this situation was heading, uh, reading tea leaves and whatnot. But I will say the one the one major downside, and I was I was pretty disappointed about this, was I think this is an organization that needs to be able to start answering some hard questions 
and they haven't really had to in previous years. And I, I did my best to try and ask Rafael, you know, how they could explain or, or justify their reasoning uh, for what happened these past two years and, and all the resources and stock that was put in Kevin Porter Jr., uh, given the fact that there were rumors and even some significant reporting about issues uh, behind the scenes with Kevin Porter Jr. causing uh, you know, issues in the locker room, right? Chemistry, off-the-court off stuff. And unfortunately, we didn't really get a straight answer. Um, Rafael's answer was along the lines of, you know, I was not aware of any issues like this, referring to the... Uh, very deeply disturbing domestic violence allegations, but he also elected to not highlight any of the known issues of Kevin Porter Jr. So I was disappointed in that answer completely because this could have been a chance for the organization for Rafael to answer uh, honestly and, and share kind of their reasoning for why they navigated these last two years the way that they did. Um, but I did my best, and that was kind of how that situation played out. Uh, for those, I will say there's uh, kind of this weird understanding of how this situation works uh, in, in press conference settings and trying to uh, acquire information right, and trying to learn things about, about what the team is doing and, and kind of their views organizationally. Um, I had some people who were bothered that I didn't follow up or that I didn't press uh, Rafael any further in that question, which all the videos are posted on the channel, on the YouTube channel. I thought about trying to put them on the RSS feed, the podcast side. Uh, it would have just been super messy trying to do it that way. So all the videos on the YouTube channel, you can go check out each individual interview. Uh, I won't be playing back any of the clips in, in today's show. I just want to focus on, you know, kind of contextualizing some of what we saw and heard. But uh, the way it works is we have to be past microphones, right? And we have to speak into the microphone so everybody can hear us. And when we're done asking our question, we hand the microphone back and there are like, you know, people on both sides kind of waiting for the microphone and like staying out of the shot of the camera and like leaning over. So, you know, I asked my question and as Rafael started to answer, I passed my microphone back. I wasn't going to <laughs> jump back in and press him and be like, you know, it's just, it's a very kind of formal process and uh, maybe I should have pressed him a little bit more on it, but um, you know, I'm glad I was able to try and ask the question and you know, the answer was a bit disappointing, but it is what it is. And now this Rockets team has kind of addressed the KPJ stuff and we're able to move into a new chapter with this team with phase two. And that's what it's all about. I, I and I, at this point I do want to focus on what this team can do and accomplish moving forward, right? KPJ is no longer a part of this team. And now we're just going to focus on the phase two guys, the guys that are here for training camp. Um, so yeah, I do want to share some thoughts on, on what Ime Udoka had to say as well. And then we'll kind of go in order and just tackle the rest of the media day appearances. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Look, you got to check out Ibotta, right? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of, Hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing, right? Other, you know, reward programs, right? They'll give you like points and stuff that doesn't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get 
actual cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or even gift cards. Just link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that simple. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and so many more options. So you've got to check them out. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Player App Store and use code LOCKED. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, continuing to navigate the media day appearances, I think that Ime's kind of main message, right, was just that accountability and expectations are going to be drastically different than what they were these past couple of years, right? So Ime saying guys being held to a different standard to play a certain way. You'll see that rapid improvement when you add certain guys to the roster. Things can change change quickly. For us, it's about being ultra competitive, playing a different way, and making some noise every night. He talked about internal growth being a, a big factor. The guys that have been here and have gone through the rough times, we need to see growth and improvement from them. And then Stone backed up those comments uh, saying, you know, he says we're in a different phase and the expectations we have for this group are markedly different than the expectations of the past couple of years. I think we should be more organized and more competitive all summer. The indications are we will be. Um, and that's kind of the the main, I think, message that we got from from Ime from Stone is that accountability and expectations are going to be drastically different for this group of guys and for this organization moving forward. Now they weren't uh, quick to pin, you know, like a win total number or anything on this. Um, and rightfully so, right? You don't want to say, oh yeah, we're gunning for 40 wins or whatever, but Ime did reiterate. He's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never missed the playoffs. Right. Um, and, and that was kind of shared. That sentiment was shared by a lot of the players up and down the roster, right? There's optimism um, from the veterans that this group can, make a push, right, and can get to the playoffs and can make some noise. So uh, I, I think one of my things is I, I we didn't really hear much, um, and I didn't get a chance to ask Ime a question, unfortunately. I only got one question to ask, and, you know, I, 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 did, my, I did my best with what I got uh, with, with Stone and the KPJ question. But uh, I am definitely hoping to use these four days of training camp to get a better understanding of the vision that Ime Udoka has from an X's and O's standpoint for this basketball team. And again, press conferences are harder because you get you get one, maybe two questions per interview. Um, and because it was Rafael and Ime, like there were a lot of quite like everybody pretty much got one question in that in that round. Um and we didn't get a lot of basketball questions, unfortunately, you know, from Eman. And I was a bit disappointed by that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try and dig in over these next four days uh, of training camp to get an idea of the expectations and vision that Eme has for this, uh, this group, this Rockets roster, what he wants to try and achieve offensively, defensively, all of that. So, of course, be on the lookout for that. We'll have all the exclusive training camp footage. Uh, that I'll be getting uh, during my my stay over in Lake Charles should be a ton of fun there. Uh, I think Fred came Fred came up next and he knocked it out of the park. You can see immediately 
what he brings to the table as a leader, right? He talks about the goal is to get this franchise back to where it's supposed to be and where it has been. Uh, there's a rich tradition here. He said, it felt like the Rockets were supposed to be in the finals and win a championship just a few years ago. Ultimately, the goal is to get us back to the playoffs and competitive, building toward winning the championship. Um, he did say Ime Udoka is the biggest reason that he's here. I'm sure that there weren't 143 million other reasons that Fred came to Houston, but legitimately, right, Ime Udoka has some pull, some sway with players, and and I think there was like almost like the kind of like the new car smell on the Rockets after hiring Ime Udoka, um, where players like Fred VanVleet, Dylan Brooks, kind of were looking at the organization, Jeff Green, Jock Landale, and like you know what that that could be a good spot for the next chapter, um, you know, of my career. Uh, he talked about Jalen Green and early impressions of him. He said he's an explosive talent, top talent, number two pick for a reason, natural scorer, uh, max competitor, plays hard. Goes on to say he's got that dog in him, and I've always admired his game from afar. And later I was able to ask Jalen about um, kind of the early work that he was doing with Fred, uh, how they were working out with uh, Mike Givada. Uh, out there right after Fred signed, uh, who we recently had on the show as a guest. He was so informative. Shout out to Mike, Mike G for being on the show. Um, and he was like, yeah, Fred's big bro already. Like he's, he's, you know, taking me under his wing. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot that I think Jalen is going to be able to learn from Fred. And Fred is really going to, I think, empower uh, Jalen Green for sure. Uh, you look up and down at, at the way other players have talked about Fred. Uh, Alperin Shingun said that Fred loves sharing the ball. He's a really good point guard. He's helping me a lot on offense and defense. And if you read between the lines there a little bit on Shingun's comments, um, <laughs> it's not it's not hard to tell that there may be some uh, thinly veiled criticism there. Um, about his previous uh, point guard compadre, the former head honcho. Uh, he told Sports Talk 790, he was like, I shoot straight and I cuss a lot about uh, kind of his leadership approach with the with the Houston Rockets. Honestly, I, I really think Fred knocked it out of the water. He answered every question with a level of kind of a level of just genuine understanding of knowing his role. Um, and I, I was really impressed how he continued to highlight that he understands his job is to be here as a leader um, and to teach the young guys. Even Tari Eason talked about the fact that, you know, when Fred, that the vets, you know, had the impact that they've had already, they came in and he said, Fred, instant leader, right? He took on the leadership role really well. And then he talked about Dylan Brooks a little bit later on, took on a defensive minded approach, um, showing kind of the, the blueprints of success defensively. Um, and that he hopes to see himself, referring to Tari here, uh, as one of the best defenders in the league one day. And it's great to know that, you know, these veterans are already taking these young guys kind of under their wing and teaching them. And again, that's why the the entire atmosphere just felt so different, right? It really felt like, hey, there's adults in the room now. The expectations are different. The goals are different. Um how do we get to the point? How do we get to that point, right? And that's that's what these guys were brought in to do. And it's great to see that they're already kind of having that impact, that effect, um, right out of the gate. Tari did say, um, you know, when I asked him about what he thinks uh, will surprise people most about his game this season, 
is uh, he said just his overall understanding of the game, right? Knowing what spots to be in, being more of an impactful uh, player on the defensive end, which, hey, he's already an impactful player. So, you know, the fact that he's looking to step up his game even further. But you talked about being, a, you know, being more of a leader, right? Being more vocal defensively. And that's definitely something that, you know, Dylan Brooks can teach him how to do. Um, so I like that Tari didn't, Kind of, he could have taken that answer and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get more in my bag and this, that, and the other thing offensively," because that's kind of what I was looking for to see, you know, w- what his vision was for himself and and kind of expanding his game this year. But he was like, "Nah, I'm doubling down on what I'm good at, right?" And, and so Tari understands his role, knows what he brings to the table. Um, for Jalen, you know, I really think that Jalen Green continues to showcase how he's grown. Um, he looks more and more comfortable day by day with the leadership element of what comes with being the number two overall pick, the first piece of the rebuilding puzzle for the Houston Rockets. And again, he, he said it verbatim, right? I'm tired of losing. He said, I've proven I can score. I've proven I can pass. It's just the winning thing. Play defense, get steals, talk, communicate things to help the guys be better. He says, I believe I'm going to help my team more this year, do better, uh, do better defense for sure uh, is what Shingun pulled in, um, talking about his kind of third-year leap as well. And when you look at both of these guys, they're poised for a massive year three leap, right? Jalen and Shingun both are going to be, you know, this is kind of a pivotal point in their career where we're going to be, we're, we're really going to get a, an understanding of who these guys ultimately are. Um, and I think that a lot can happen this season, but I think that the Rockets organizationally have done the absolute best they can to put these two guys in a position to be successful finally, right? After it's been it's been two years of a lot of muck, right? And now they're finally in a position where they can compete, where they can play at a very, very high level. Um, and hopefully we see it all kind of coalesce this year. Um, a couple funny moments, though, involving the <laughs> Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun interviews. Um, first off, Alpi's always... He's, He's such a goofy dude. Um, he at one point he was talking about Jeff, and he was like, you know, we're still a really young team. Uh, everybody except Jeff. <laughs> like it's just, it was so genuine but funny. And he goes on, he's like, I call him Uncle Jeff. You know, he's like, I think he likes it. <laughs> um, so shout out to Al P for being just you know his his usual goofy self. Uh, who and sh- also congratulations to Al P did the entire interview without his translator. Right uh, now, OG his translator was off on the side, just like sitting kind of behind us. Um, I was like looking around for him, like where's OG? Um, but uh, he even like he came up to the podium and he was like he was like all right guys, easy questions, no no long questions. I, I, it's only LP today. No, you know, it's a, and then when he left, he stood up and you know, I I didn't catch this on video. I wish I had. You know, I ended the recording and he stu- stands up and he starts walking away. He goes, "What? No clapping? No applause? I do the whole interview in English?" <laughs> and uh it was it was great. So then we all we all gave him a, a gave him a round of applause. He's he's such a funny dude. Uh, and then for the Jalen interview at the start, man, uh, there was a bit of a, a kind of a, 
uh, collision, if you will, between uh, Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle and Kelly Eco of The Athletic because Kelly, I think, was trying to set his his recording phone on the table and Jonathan was over near the door, so he was trying to cut back to his chair on the opposite side and they just didn't see each other and just completely, like, not bumped into each other, bowled into each other, and Jonathan kind of tumbled. He fell directly kind of, like, into my lap almost, knocked over my, my tripod setup, and I was able to, like, kind of catch him um, and help him back up, and, and nope, thankfully nobody got hurt, whatever, but then Jalen goes, uh, <laughs> Jalen's so funny, man, he goes, man, everybody's excited, like, just, um, and as we were getting things started up, Tracy, uh, you know, Rockets PR off on the side goes, all right, because of that little, you know, interaction, we'll give Jonathan the first question, and I had to chime in, I was like, well, that means Kelly shouldn't get a question, right, because Kelly basically tackled Jonathan, uh, she goes, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and then Jalen's final little comment was we got to get Kelly some pads. Like just, he's playing football out here with the other media members. Uh, it was funny. It was, it was, you know, the players were cracking up. We were cracking up. Uh, we had a lot of fun with, with this media day for sure. Coming up, we still got some other, uh, thoughts on the other media day, uh, candidates that we spoke to other players on the roster as well as, Hey, we had a Jersey leak courtesy of Fred Van Vliet himself. Uh, the city edition uniforms with the H town across the front, uh, in the red, white, and blue that the Rockets have been teasing. Uh, as well as training camp expectations. We're going to get to all of that and more coming up here in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I I attempted, I was going to try and go in, in sequential order, and I, I, I kind of started bouncing around a little bit because at the end of the day, these guys, they wound up, you know, Fred's talking about the young core and Jalen, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, have everything lined up on my P's and Q's and I'm bouncing around a little bit here. Um, but, uh, for Jabari Smith Jr. Right. He talked about, um, kind of just his own vision for himself for what year two Jabari Smith Jr. Looks like. And he kind of built on what we feel like we saw out of him in summer league, which is just saying, you know, show what I've added to my game, show what I've learned, be more confident and consistent, confidence-wise, swagger-wise, just a whole different player. Um, and that's exactly what we want to see out of Jabari, right? The confidence was just oozing in in Summerlee. He looked like a completely different player, and I'm hopeful that he can kind of continue to carry that mentality forward into training camp, into this season, because the sky really is the limit for him. Uh, with that confidence, and and he's a guy who's not afraid to be a leader, right? I think that he's a guy whose voice uh, carries some weight despite being one of the younger guys on the roster. You can see it in, in the way that he carries himself. Um, he is kind of one of those natural-born leaders, and I'm, I'm expecting and hoping that the veterans kind of help empower him and teach him, right, how to be a leader, right, how to kind of bring the other guys along, that kind of thing, Um this season, so expecting big things out of Jabari Smith Jr. Jock Landale was hilarious uh, during his interview. Um, when asked about how his ankle was doing, he was like, "I'm I'm I'm jumping higher than I ever was, mate." Uh, and shout out, we need a we need a mate counter for Jock Landale. Every time he does an interview, we need to like tally up the number of times that he says "mate." That's going to be my like running thing this season. Uh, if somebody wants to 
make a graphic or something for it. I'll even use it on the show on the YouTube side, I promise. Um, I don't know if I have the uh, the facilities to be able to do it myself, um, but if you want to take a crack at it, if you're an amateur graphic designer or a professional one and you want to make a mate counter for Jock Landale, then uh, we could have some fun with it here on the show this season. But he said all the right things, right? Jock Landale was, uh, you know, he embraced and understood his role, right? What he brings to the table, a level of toughness, playing hard every single possession, just try to as much, try to apply as much pressure all around every game. Um, he says, you know, my role is going to be playing between the taps and doing the dirty work, right? He understands that there's no, like he said, there's never going to be a lack of effort. Um, he's going to get guys open. He's going to be doing dirty work, like I already said, um, not forcing anything. Um, I did get the chance to kind of ask him what kind of role he envisions for himself uh, on this team offensively because I was curious. We've seen him, um, you know, getting some shots up from three-point land uh, via some of the Rockets' social media. And, you know, he said that, honestly, you know, last year he didn't shoot the ball well, um, but that, you know, since coming back from his injury in these last few days of, like, live play, um, the shooting has translated. And so maybe the Rockets have kind of a, a set of, Stretch fives this season, right? Alper and Shingun even highlighted, uh, you know, that he wants to shoot the ball, right? And that he just needs the the confidence to shoot the basketball. And again, that's the confidence that the previous coaching staff at times kind of robbed, uh, robbed him of by not encouraging him to shoot the basketball. So it's very, you know, clear to me that we could have a season where with Ben Sullivan on the, on the Rockets uh, assistant coaching staff and uh, kind of, working with these players and building up their, their shooting profiles that some of the guys that we've had shooting concerns with in the past with Shingoon, uh, with Jock Landale, not necessarily Rockets concerns, but just concerns in general with distant shooting, uh, Jay Sean Tate, Amin Thompson. Uh, these guys could, could very well benefit greatly from Ben Sullivan. And we might see all, all of those guys take steps forward as shooters, pardon me, this season. So really excited about that. Um, elsewhere, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to skip anybody else. Oh, I thought Jeff Green stole the day. I think Jeff Green was the best media day interview, hands down. Um, like others came close. Fred was pretty awesome. Um, but Jeff really, you could see exactly the type of veteran leadership and wisdom that he's going to provide to these young guys. Um, he specifically said there's been talk about how uh, there's this notion of the NBA wanting to go younger and, and really kind of take out the vets. And he goes on to say, I think it's great when you have guys who are experienced, who have been through the ringer, to have them in the locker room is great. The experience itself, teaching the young guys what it takes to be a true professional, that everyday grind. Um, at some point, a coach's voice can only go so far, and that is when vets come into play. He highlighted himself, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, and how their voices carried in the Denver Nuggets locker room last season. And then he thinks that, you know, that was a, a part of them being able to win a championship in Denver last year. He highlighted the fact that there are guys who are tired of losing here. They're tired of how things have been, and they want to change headlines about who they are and what they are. They want to win games. So I see the hunger of wanting to be better. They're hungry to win and win now. Um, I think that might I think that might be the quote of the day from Media Day, honestly. Um, Jeff really knocked it out of the park. Uh, and that goes back to kind of my bold prediction for Jeff Green, right? I really do think he is going to be the most valuable 
um, veteran piece that this team added. Um, I, I loved the pivot from Brooke Lopez. You know, it sucks missing out on uh, a one-man, you know, defense unto himself for the Rockets, but I think Jeff Green is going to be a sneaky good acquisition for this Rockets team, uh, both for the on-the-court component when he does play, but then also just the leadership that he provides as well. Um, Jeff Green really, really did a great, great job uh, at Media Day, even highlighting that Shingun's already asked him the questions about Jokic, right? Um, you know, Shingun wants to be, but but he goes on to say, he went on to say how Shingun, you know, probably doesn't want to be Nikola Jokic 2.0. He wants to be his own player, right? He wants to be Alper and Shingun, right? Things are going to be different. Um, they're not the same player, even though there's similarities. Uh, he goes on to say he's intrigued. He sees the comparisons, but he's trying to better himself. He's not trying to be Nikola Jokic. He's a hard worker. He probably wants to be better. He has what it takes. Um, some great stuff out of Jeff Green. Uh, Boban, always, you know, a... Uh, a bright, a brightness every time he walks in the room. Ton of fun. He was so excited to be back. Talked about the character of so many of the players on this roster, saying that they are, you know, good kids and with good hearts. Right. Uh, talking about players like like Alpi, like Jalen. Um, he's just incredibly excited to be back. So the the vibes were uh, immaculate with Boban. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, he, you know, I, I mentioned it early on, but he talked about the hunger that this team has and kind of the the goals for the that they've set for themselves, what they think they can be defensively, how uh, they're going to be a matchup nightmare for other teams, right, on the defensive side of the court with him, with Jabari, with Tari, with Fred, with Dylan, with so many players that can contribute defensively um, that this team can really take on a new defensive identity. Uh, and that he chose the one word hunger to describe this team, this version of this Rockets team this season um, compared to last year where he chose the word electric. So love that from him. Uh, the rookies, uh, Cam and Amin, not a lot out of the rookies, uh, unfortunately. I will say, you know, I, I do think the Rockets media day went incredibly well. Um, they were just kind of, they were just kind of soaking it all in, right? They were enjoying the media day circuit. They've gone through, uh, so many different things. Again, the, the, it, it's a lot to take in, right? Rockets Media Day, You these players are going through 22 different stations at Toyota Center for marketing and social media purposes. They're getting carded this, that, and the other way. There's changing jerseys. They're doing promos. It's a lot to go through. But uh, Amin kind of reiterated some of his goals for his rookie season from his introductory press conference. He said to win Rookie of the Year, to be on an all-defensive team, and to make the playoffs. Um, and it's weird because like rookie of the year and all defensive team are kind of individual accolades, but the way that Amin kind of carries himself and the way that he shared those goals, it doesn't feel like he's being selfish in saying those. It's like, it's almost like he's like, I want to be good enough to win those awards because me being good enough to win those awards means that I'm playing good for the team, right? It means that, you know, something is going right here, um, in my role for this team. And maybe that's me reading way way too deep into the quote, but um, just something about the way he carries himself, right? It's, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just different. His, his aura as the Gen Z, as the Gen Zers would say, uh, he talked about Alper and Shingun's passing uh, and that that's kind of really stood out to him uh, early on. Uh, and uh, I did get the chance, I, I asked Jalen and Jalen gave me some crap about this in his interview <laughs> with, Sports Talk 790 when they asked him what the what the what the worst question he got asked was. 
And he said, somebody, he goes, somebody asked me about, uh, you know, who has the best dunk package on the team. And he goes, obviously I was going to say me. <laughs> like, so I followed up and I asked Cam uh, about the dunk package thing. And, uh, Cam said, I, uh, Cam goes on to say that, uh, he says, I'm, I, he said that he was a powerful dunker. My first priority when I go to the rim is to rise above my defenders. So Cam, Cam also said he thinks he's got the best dunk package on the team. I was going to try and make it a recurring thing and get the dunk package question into Jalen and Cam and, and Amin just to have a little fun with it, um, see what they would say uh, you know, about their teammates, that kind of thing. Uh, so that, that was kind of some fun. Uh, Cam talked about being grateful to be drafted by the Rockets. Um, and that his mindset stays the same as it was from his introductory press conference, right? He's going to do uh, everything that this team asks of him. And I, I can't believe I glossed over this one. This was kind of a big one. Uh, when asked about the void that was left by uh, Kevin Porter Jr. no longer being with the team, Ime specifically mentioned Cam Whitmore as uh, a viable option to help fill that void. So we may actually get some early Cam Whitmore minutes. Um, you know, again, the Rockets haven't been able to do anything with Kevin Porter Jr. yet. They haven't been able to find a replacement for him in the rotation. So there may be some expectations that, you know, Cam Whitmore could be a part of this Rockets rotation, which we didn't really think was going to be a possibility. Um, so we'll see how that whole situation kind of progresses. And then Dylan Brooks. Um I thought Dylan was fantastic during his media day interview as well. If I had to rank them, I think I'd go. I think I'd go. Jeff completely crushed it. Uh, Fred right behind Jeff, and then Dylan right. And you just see there's a level of these vets right. They've been there. They've done that. They understand the right things to say. Um, really, all the vets right. Jock Landale crushed it too. Um, honestly, I really was impressed with everybody's media day interview. But uh, Dylan talked about you know just his unique approach to the game, how he loves to compete at all costs. Um, he does everything to get into a player's head, make them tired. He's, uh, you know, he said he's, he's been pretty good at that throughout his career. Um, he says he wants his intensity to be contagious throughout the whole team and throughout the whole organization. Um, and he's ready to, uh, ready to go on this ride, this journey with the Rockets. He wants Houston to be a team that when you play against them, it's going to be a physical battle. It's going to be a challenge. When you come to play Houston, you know it's going to be a battle. It's going to be, it's it's not going to be a walk in the park anymore. Um, kind of some shots at, you know, the, the past versions of this Houston Rockets team. Um, he talked about his exit from the Memphis Grizzlies, and then he's got a huge chip on his shoulder because of that. Um, and there's already a little bit of back and forth going on. He said that he's got Memphis circled on his calendar. They play him four times and he's really excited about that. And Desmond Bain over uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies kind of had uh, a little retort back saying that he's, they, that Memphis also has the Rockets game circled on their calendar. They can't wait to uh, go up against Dylan Brooks. So it should be, uh, th those matchups should be, uh, a, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, shout out to Big Sarge who asked Dylan Brooks about kind of, you know, if he gets misrepresented by the media, and Brooks said, you guys love to do the clickbait stuff, which is cool for the fans, but sometimes you can misconstrue a person, and I do get that feel, right, from, from, from Dylan Brooks. He talked about, you know, he loves giving back to the community, and he loves helping out, you know, the kids in the community. He was just doing an event the other day for the Boys and Girls Clubs, um, 
Dylan just strikes me as a guy, he's got this persona, right, about him when he's on the basketball floor. But when he's off the court, right, he's very measured, very methodical in his in his speech, in how he approaches things. Um, and he came across as incredibly genuine, just like Fred did. Um, um, really, two, I, I think, great pieces that the Rockets added to this team. He mentioned very specifically um, wanting to have better shot selection uh, and being more unselfish offensively this season with the Rockets. And those are things that was music to my ears and many Rockets fans' ears, right? Um, Kind of, uh, you know, just thinking about what he brings to the table this year. Um, And... He, he went on to say, you know, just being the second voice, you always need a second voice after the first voice commands. Um, he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to guard the best player, dive on loose balls, getting physical with 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 other guys. Um, that's that's kind of his role, and it seems like he's fully kind of embracing it. So a, a lot of great stuff to pick apart from Rockets Media Day, way more than I can include or get to in this one episode. So, again, go check out all the individual Media Day interviews. Um Really great stuff across the board from all the players. Couple final things here uh, before we wrap this one up. Uh, there was a leak of the Houston Rockets jerseys, and for all of our YouTube viewers, we'll we'll have uh, a shot of it up here on the screen right now. Uh, it's the red, white, and blue that the Rockets have been teasing on their social media, and and I think the plan was originally to unveil these to the public at open practice this upcoming Sunday. Uh, the 8th, I believe. Yeah, Sunday the 8th of October is when they're doing open practice at Toyota Center for all the fans to come and see the team goof around and, and have a good time and just interact with the fans. Uh, open practice is always a ton of fun. You should absolutely come check it out if you've never been. Um, it's just a brief little scrimmage. You get the guys out there. They just, you know, they mess around. It's, it's kind of all-star game level shenanigans out there. Uh, last year, Boban emceed the whole thing while playing, uh, which was a ton of fun. But we saw Fred kind of modeling this new jersey, and he posted it to his Instagram story, and then he deleted it, so he wasn't supposed to do that. So a little oopsie daisy from uh, oopsie daisy from uh, Fred Honcho himself. But uh, what are your thoughts on the leaked jerseys? Let me know in the YouTube comments. I, I kind of like them. Um, I don't know how I'm feeling about the blue, the uh, the. Uh, throwback Oilers jerseys from a couple years ago, uh, you know, I think they grew on me, but they didn't quite sit right with me, right? Blue and Rockets just doesn't feel like they mix. Um, kind of like the green threw me off last year with the San Diego jerseys, even though it was a nice, you know, kind of tribute to the origins of the team, the San Diego Rockets, all that good stuff. But let me know how you feel about the, the new look, uh, H town Rockets jerseys, which are very clearly five slam pajama inspired. Um, and again, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler are both going to be in attendance for, uh, Rockets, uh, open practice. And I think that's when they're planning to unveil these new H town inspired jerseys. Again, five slam pajama inspired. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for that. We'll probably get official confirmation, uh, you know, a little bit later on, but with Fred having to delete that off his IG story, I think he, he slipped up a little bit there. Uh, last thing here, expectations for training camp. Very, very quickly. Um, we do know Emo Doka already told Sports Talk 790 that they're not doing two-a-days at training camp. They're just going to do one long practice each day. Uh, we'll get the 
uh, media availability kind of in the middle part of the day. So whenever practice wraps up, hopefully we'll be able to be given some, you know, some B-roll footage, some looks into uh, what the players are working on, how they're scrimmaging, all that stuff. Uh, the previous regime kept things pretty pretty much under lock and key. We didn't get to see a lot, unfortunately. Um, and every organization in the NBA handles uh, training camp differently, right? Other, other teams and organizations, the media gets almost like unfiltered access to what they're doing behind the scenes. And the, hopefully with Ime Udoka here now, um, it'll be interesting to see how much access we get as media to what they're doing uh, behind the scenes at training camp. I'm hopeful that it's more access than we've gotten in the past. Uh, but so again, we already know they're not doing two a days. Um, and again, I mentioned it early on. I want to try and hopefully get a better idea of the X's and O's that they're hoping to accomplish this season, right? What the vision is, what the identity uh, that Ime wants this team to have both offensively and defensively. So I'm going to make it uh, my number one priority to get us more information in that regard. But that's going to do it for today's show. As always, thank you so much for checking checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Be on the lookout for all of our training camp footage, all the exclusive stuff coming out over these next few days. Um, and as always, we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.